Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence, with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made known your name to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but you are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. You know that feeling when someone you like goes away and you're not sure when you're going to see them again? When I was working in Iraq about 15 years ago, I met this really cool guy called Sean. He was an officer in the US military and I was working for a company that worked with the military on what we called hearts and minds work or civil affairs. I met Sean and we had a little thing going. It wasn't super serious, but it was fun. There weren't many like-minded people and working in the green zone in Baghdad, he did, I appreciated him. We had a lot in common. It was enough of a thing that he made me playlists and we talked about our homes and families and stuff. Then, somewhat out of the blue, it was time for his group to move on to the next assignment. We said goodbye, but only just. We didn't really speak about how or when we'd be in touch, but I assumed I'd be hearing from him pretty soon. After all, we'd shared some pretty intense experiences living and working in a war zone together. A couple of days went by and I didn't hear from him. I assumed I'd get an email when he got to the next place, but I didn't. I reasoned that he must be very busy getting settled with his new guys and new context, and then I'd hear from him once his feet had touched the ground. A few more weeks went by and no news. I really missed him. I had known I probably wouldn't see him again, but I thought we had enough of a connection that he'd be in touch. And then I began to feel angry with him. Where was he? Had what we shared not meant anything? I started to listen to the playlists he'd made me and my anger turned to sadness. I worried that perhaps it was that he didn't want to be in touch rather than that he was just too busy. And I started to get really depressed. Where was he? I felt bereft. 
Those weeks and months of feeling like someone important had left and I didn't know how or who was going to fill the gap are feelings I'm sure we've all had at some point. And they leave me wondering whether the disciples might have been feeling a bit like that between Ascension and Pentecost. This is a strange Sunday in the Christian year. Jesus has ascended and the Holy Spirit has yet to descend. If there was ever a Sunday to think about what it feels like when God is absent, when it's just not happening for us, today is the day. The disciples are just standing there, looking up, gazing and wondering what to do next. Where is God? Where is God with all this COVID-19 stuff? What does church and our faith look like today? There's a fascinating article in this weekend's Financial Times, yes, the Financial Times, about the rise of religion in lockdown. Holy Trinity Brompton in London, the church that is the cradle of the Alpha Course, has more than twice as many participants on their online Alpha Course than it had in person, and ten times more taking their marriage course. Roman Catholic churches have reported a huge increase in numbers, and some parishes have started drive-through confessions. Some have argued that online church is more intimate. For a start, you don't have that awkward thing of not remembering people's names because it's written on the screen for you in front of you. And Nikki Gumbel, the author of the Alpha Course, reflects that people are more open online, perhaps because they're more relaxed than at church. However, for all the people who are loving church in their pyjamas and finding new closeness and intimacy with God through the online offerings, there are those who are not. I was chatting to a friend this week who said she just felt completely blah about it all. She's a faithful Christian, very involved with her church. But right now, God feels absent. Zoom church isn't doing it for her. She's trying the odd online pre-recorded thing when she can make time for it. She's doing a bit of praying on her own, but blah, where is God? Another woman said, I just want a sign. I just want a sign that God is still there and listening. Maybe they're just totally zoomed out. For others, they're not feeling God because they don't even have internet access. A colleague this week was telling me how conscious he is of the significant numbers of people in his congregation he simply hasn't heard or seen for two months. They don't have internet, or they have one device for the whole household, and it's hard to get access to go to church. This same article in the FT quotes a vicar in North London who despairs at the middle-class response the Church of England has offered to coronavirus congratulating itself on the rising numbers of people who are finding God from their armchair, forgetting perhaps the vast numbers of people, like 80% of her congregation in North London, who don't have access or don't want to access church online. She's busy finding food and welfare for her parishioners. For others, maybe God seems far away because prayers seem unanswered. Or should I say, not answered in the way we want? For all sorts of reasons, people are wondering where God is today. 
And what are our sources of consolation when we feel God's absence rather than God's presence? The eleven watching Jesus withdraw, they knew how it feels. And we hear in the account from Luke, in Luke's Gospel, that after their encounter with the angels, the disciples returned to the city with great joy. They returned with great joy. They approached this moment of transition from Jesus fully human and present to Jesus no more by being ready to look for the opportunity and the gift rather than the lack. One source of consolation they had was their own fellowship and companionship. And for those of us locked down with other people, annoying as that can be at times, we should really look for the ways that that can be a source of solace, a source of God's presence. It's less straightforward for those of you living on your own, but for those who do have access to the internet, we can be thankful for the opportunity it gives to have some kind of togetherness. Coffee hour at Zoom Church seems to be almost as important as the worship. Like the disciples, we also have prayer. Even when God feels absent, even when we're not really feeling it, the prayers go on. For the times we can't find the oomph to pray ourselves, we have the liturgy to prop us up and we have the prayers of others to lean on. When you feel inclined to just give it all up, the liturgy keeps going for you and with you. The disciples, we are told, devoted themselves to prayer. There is great consolation in prayer. And we also have the Bible. When we can't find God, we can look for him in scripture. Today we hear him in those wonderful words of comfort in the reading from 1 Peter. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then the promise that accompanies that. The God of all grace will himself restore, support, strengthen and establish you. Let me encourage you to take those words into this week with you and meditate on them. For this is what God wants for you. The God of all grace will himself restore, support, strengthen and establish you. Ascension marks a transition from one kind of presence to another. In Eastertide, the stories of the resurrection appearances are all about Jesus, about the disciples watching Jesus, conscious of this bewildering, life-changing experience. And the focus is on the dazzling light that is Jesus that they gaze upon. And then after a while, there are no more reports of people seeing Jesus. As Jesus goes away, he stops being an object that we concentrate on in itself. Rowan Williams uses the analogy of light. He says, Today, the light has ceased to be something that draws our attention in its own right. It becomes something we see by. Jesus moves from being the light that we see to being the light that we see by. Jesus moves from being the light that we see to being the light that we see by. We see the world in a new way because we see it through him, with his eyes. And seeing the world with Jesus' eyes, like the disciples did, is seeing the abundance rather than the scarcity. Seeing where consolation can be found rather than getting stuck on where it isn't. 
seeing the moments of grace in these blur days of wondering where God has gone, seeing the opportunities for prayer. And just finally, my friends, it's worth considering that we have one Sunday out of 52 when we have to contemplate the absence of God. But God, God feels like this all the time. God is longing for us to get in touch. God is looking and waiting for us. God knows how I felt when I was wondering whether Sean was ever going to email or pick up the phone, because God is here waiting for us to seek him and be with him. How might our experience of longing for God, but not quite knowing where to find him right now, be an opportunity to share in the experience of God himself? Maybe for once, we might spend a bit of time reflecting on how it feels for God. Amen.